0: That's heritageradionetwork.org/slash/fifteen to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is presented by Henry's Wine and Spirit.
1: Hi. I'm HRN's
2: Executive Director, Katie Mosman-Wadler, with a preview of this week's episode of Meet in 3, our weekly food news roundup. So every day the shutdown continues to grow is another day that there will be a backlog. This week, we're looking at the unexpected ways the government shutdown has impacted our food system.
0: There are nearly 1.6 million New Yorkers who rely on SNAP to feed themselves and their families every
3: single day. There is a real impact on our friends and neighbors.
1: A lot of farmers rely on commodity loans at the end of the year. Since the offices are not open, those loans aren't available to them.
0: Tune in to this week's Meet and
2: 3 on Heritage Radio Network. That's M-E-A-T plus sign T-H-R-E-E. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And today, I hope every single one of them is tuning into Tech Bytes, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we talk to innovators and influencers in the food tech space. And as I say every week, I'm going to do as I do. I'm really looking forward to this show. (laughs) And I say that all the time, and it's really true. The app that we have today to talk about, Eat Okra, it's really, uh, I mean, we've talked about restaurant reservation apps, not reservation, but restaurant discovery apps, but you'll find that this one is a little bit different and perhaps a precursor to a new wave of um, ways of thinking about the restaurants that you choose. But before we do that, we're going to do like we always do. We're going to start talking about apps your favorite ones we're going to go around the shipping container and meet our guests and learn a little something about them first up we have anthony edwards who's co-founder of eat okra thank you for joining us
3: thank you for having me
2: do you have an app that you use all the time or a secret guilty pleasure app that's hidden way back on home screen number three
3: (laughs) wow um so yeah I, I think um one i used pretty often over the summer and spring to get um, ready for my wedding was we i used the nike run club app
2: oh okay i was really curious about what you were going to land on when you said getting ready for your wedding and nike run apps you were trying to get trim for yes, your
3: suit i had to fit into that suit and had to lose like an inch inch and a half of my waist and drop Ten pounds or so. Ten. 12 oh my pounds. God! I
2: am so happy to hear that the struggle is real for men too. Because usually it's just women going down the diet spiral to get into their dress. Yeah,
3: absolutely, it was real, and the struggle was real, and the pain was real.
2: <laughs> so the Nike Run app, though, it was good. You yes. liked it? It helped you stay on track.
3: Yeah. So they have this feature where they give you a coach, and you can pretty much set set an interval or set a goal. So, if I want to run a marathon, they would give me a a schedule for like three days out the week. And it would range from two miles to three miles to like maybe quarter sprints, eight of them. And three days out the week, I just check off that I completed it. And just, I had this thing where I had like 12 weeks, you know, about 12 weeks in a row straight where I was 100%. So I felt really proud about it. But um, yeah, it was a great guide and a great, like, it got me to where I needed to be.
2: So it got you into the suit. Yes. All right. It got you into the suit. You got married. Mission accomplished. Are you still running? Can you still fit into that suit? Now that you're married, have you just <laughs> let it all go to pot and you're all just like, you know,
3: you know back to... I have digressed a little bit, but <laughs> I can still run three miles pretty at pretty much the same uh, pace I ended off at.
2: Okay. Okay. August.
3: Yeah. So I've, I've, I've tried to a run once or twice a week. Uh,
2: so refreshing to hear... A man tell this story, right? Yeah. I'm looking at Janique because we've all heard this before <laughs> in the ladies' circles, but I don't know that uh, men usually talk about that. I don't, I haven't heard men really talk about that, so that's great.
3: Either.
2: Maybe you need another goal. Maybe you need like a swank suit for New Year's Eve or something like that.
3: You know, it was a marathon yesterday, and I think I really want to yeah. push within the next year or so to, to complete a marathon.
2: Have you done a half before? No. Well, maybe start, do a half this spring and then decide to go for broke and do the marathon in the fall.
3: Yes, that's the plan.
2: Okay, good. Well, maybe we'll have you back and see how you did with that next year. Janique? Hi. Hi, thank you for coming. <laughs> thank you for having me. Do
1: you have an app that you like right now? Um, yeah, one app that I do um, like to use right now is an app called Flow. Mm-hmm. um it 's a an app that uh it's a period tracker ovulation tracker for women um this past year I found out that you know I was diagnosed with uh endometriosis um so you know I find that the app definitely helps me keep track of you know different symptoms and things like that um that are important for me to you know manage my health having having the disease so It's amazing
2: how well the apps can assist you in keeping track of things like that. And also, probably, is there a community feeling to it that there's an app for that and then you don't feel like you're the only person who has to deal with it or remember it because it's,
1: there's an app for that? Oh, definitely. Um, You know, endometriosis is a disease that is not very known. Um, I think one in ten women have it, and unfortunately it's something that's still a bit of a mystery to a lot of people so um it actually was you know a mystery to me I'm learning more and more about it you know having after having been diagnosed so um you know feeling like you're a part of a community or understanding that there are women out there that you know deal with the same things that you deal with definitely helped so
2: that's fantastic so that's flow yeah. Cool. F-L-O-W. Yeah. Okay. You never know sometimes with the apps and the internet and the new stuff, it's got weird spellings. sometimes. Right. <laughs> and lastly, we have from the Eat Okra team, Justin Johnson. How's it going? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing well. Do you have an app that you like?
4: Um, right now, I would say Evernote. Okay. Okay. Um, it's like a, a note taking, like writing up documents app. Um, I use it a lot for um, conceptualizing different stories and ideas because uh, lately I've been working more in uh, film and entertainment and having the opportunity to develop my own concepts. It's great to have an application um, where I can really organize my ideas and my thoughts and put them in different notebooks and I can also look back on them and um, you know pull them from the past and easily find what I need. And, You know, just have a a good organizational app for thoughts and ideas and concepts um, and storytelling.
2: Well, and you are the design UX UI guy, so that makes sense. Yes. Evernote is one of those I'm going to classify as the productivity type apps, which has certainly been mentioned on the show before because it seems to be very popular with the entrepreneurial set. All about being efficient. Yes. Digitally. Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, the three of them, Anthony, Janique, and Justin, comprise the founders and the lead team of Eat Okra. Eat Okra, if you want to check it out while we're doing the show, the website is eatokra.com E-A-T, You can find it in the Google Android shop and also for Apple and iOS. You can find them on social media at eat Okra the app at instagram twitter and facebook it is a simple way to discover black owned restaurants in your city and today that's about 1200 restaurants over 20 cities this is so specific tell us how you decided to make an app that's this specific
3: well we um, we built it in the spring of 2016 that's when it was conceptualized. Um, we, me and my wife, we were, well, now wife, we were out. He
2: gestured to Janique. So we're going to officially on the air say that Anthony and Janique just got married. That was the wedding. Yes. I didn't know if you were going to talk about that or not. So she also has a different last name. That's okay. I kept my name. I already had monogrammed luggage. So Janique and Anthony were walking, not yet married, but on the runway.
3: Right. So... You know, we wanted to, um, support black owned restaurants or just black owned businesses was the conversation, you know, during the time, uh, there was election year for the presidency and, um, you know, we, we were online, we were looking, searching for, we we knew a lot of black owned restaurants, but we wanted to find like different ones and maybe some closer to where we were in Brooklyn because the ones we knew were mostly in Harlem. So we went online, we found a bunch of them and, um, you know we thought about it like there should be an app for this something that we can quickly pick up our phone search soul food and have a whole listings come up and that didn't exist and so we decided like this would be a great concept that we should run with and just see how the community accepts it and uh, so far it's been great
2: so like so many things, people invent things for themselves when they want something and it doesn't exist and they make it and they figure they can find enough people who want the same thing because probably if they feel that way, other people do too. So when did you actually go live after the initial idea in
3: 2016? So we went. Um, so we conceptualized it in spring of 2016. By uh, spring of 2017, we uh, released the first version of the app. And then in uh, last January, we released the second version.
2: So the interesting thing is not only does a specific app not exist for black owned restaurants, but, I, you know, in doing research for this episode to to talk about Eat Okra in the restaurant search engines and the restaurant reservation engines which are in systems which are now sort of becoming the de facto phone book for how you find restaurants most of them don't have any category that directs you to the ownership of the restaurant the only thing that i found you know there's like 50 different cuisine types yes but the only thing that i found was on open table they had um One category listed under features, so it's good for great parties, great for Father's Day, you know, nice bar menu, locally owned, and that was it. So that was as close as it got. None of the other um, reservation platforms and restaurant recommendation platforms had anything about ownership. So that was the only one, Open Table, but my guess is that it's not a box that's being checked or that's systematically used by restaurants on the platform because I just did the general search that came up two people, dinner, 6pm I think a week from today and it gave me over 1700 restaurants and when I clicked locally owned it gave me three and now I know that's not true I know that more than three of those 1700 restaurants in New York in my close to my geography I was in Chelsea I know more than three of them are locally owned because I scrolled through so even though they have that category, it's not even connecting me, actually, yeah, with the reality. So, you know, how they're sorting is another thing. So Eat Okra is sort of even making a leap that people, businesses that are categorizing restaurants for consumers are not categorizing them as who owns it. But earlier this year, Grubhub did do, in March a map of women-owned restaurants in the country, which is sort of the closest parallel example that I can draw because they it was Women's History Month in March. They wanted to support women-owned businesses. It was a map of women-owned um, and women-led restaurants in the country, whether or not they were on Grubhub. And it kind of seemed like a publicity stunt, but it also seemed like a good idea, and women were mostly on board with it. So do you think that... Now, 2018, we have these two examples. Do you think people are increasingly interested in who owns their business, just generally?
1: Um, I, I would like to think that they are. Um, I think as consumers, um, people are becoming um, way more conscious of, of who of how they're spending their money and and who they're investing in and and what type of businesses they are investing in based on whatever is going on, you know, socially um, in the world. I think um, now more than ever, consumers are becoming more socially aware and I think that, you know, creating a lane for that is is something that is, is very important and necessary. Mm.
2: what was the first feedback that you got from the initial restaurants who were on the app did you approach restaurants and ask them to participate did you just rack it up with restaurants that you liked that you knew
3: uh, we did a little bit of well, mostly racking up just based off of um, articles that we found online and um, th- things that we knew things that our friends knew or restaurants that our friends knew um, just a collection of that um, yeah. we've had a few restaurants reach out and also be added it as well from uh, Washington, D.C.,
1: actually. Yeah, I, th- I think we're still in the stages of just trying to um, have enough data to present to people to say, okay, this is not just an app that has one or two or three, you know, restaurants listed, but an app that covers, you know, every—our goal is to, co- to have every single black-owned restaurant that exists in our app, you know, and, and so people have access to them and know about them. Well,
2: 1,200 uh, 1, restaurants in 20 cities in a year, let's call it, right? Is that about right? Yeah, about I would a say year? a majority of them have come you, in the last year, yes. You launched in the spring of 2017. This is fall 2018, so maybe a year and change. Yes. That's a pretty respectable number. I mean, there are quite a few... Restaurant recommendation apps that come out of the gate with far less they're usually city specific you know one city, two cities, three cities that kind of thing and and um, you know aggregating the numbers it's in mean, twelve hundred I feel like it's a good start
3: No, uh, yeah, I think it's a great start, but what's interesting is that we went to the marathon yesterday and um and um we found three new restaurants
2: how How did that happen
3: We were just walking and saw one you know saw a new restaurant and then we were driving and saw another one they weren't in our app which is you know that that shows that there's so many more out there that people don't know that we don't know
2: so black owned restaurants we had when we spoke before the show um, which i do with all my guests we specifically, I asked the question, there was recently a restaurant reviewed by the New York Times called Henry and the chef J.J. Johnson is black and it's an African-focused um, menu. It's good. I, I went actually not too long ago and really enjoyed it. The restaurant is in a hotel and I believe the restaurant is part of a restaurant group and that J.J. is the head chef. He's the lead chef. He's a celebrity chef, but he's not the owner. So how does that fall on the eat okra Spectrum.
3: So, yeah, we we are, we are looking for majority ownership, black owned,
2: fifty one percent, minimum, yes, minimum requirement for entry, yes. And how do you vet that?
4: Um, well, we, we speak to the ownership. Um, we we'll, we do a little bit of research and background, and to find out who the owners are to to see uh, if it actually is fifty percent black owned.
2: And so far, have you had to take off any restaurants or not put something on that you were about to hit publish on?
3: Yes. there's a, There's been a few um, leads that were submitted to us, and when we do our check, um, you know, I can tell. We can tell sometimes. Um, but one time, we actually had somebody write feedback to us that this is not black-owned. Oh. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we, we make mistakes, so it's okay. You know, it's okay. We removed it, apologized. And yeah. Yeah updated
2: them. Well, now, the Grubhub map for Women's History Month was women-owned and women-led. So women-led was a woman who's a chef, who's the chef, who's a sommelier, or women who are stakeholders in the business but not necessarily owners. So that gave them a little bit of a broader spectrum of, of people to include. Do you foresee Eat Okra expanding in that way in the future, or is the economic component of it of the ownership and the ownership in the community and you know economic support equals you know strength in community is that something you're not going to pivot off of or maybe or
4: um i don't i don't think we've talked about that that much but we 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 have have we can have a
2: team meeting now (laughs) Um, talk about it on the air
4: um we have considered the value in, in in highlighting um Black chefs and um, other uh, black individuals in the um, restaurant industry. So, um, I don't know, in, in a possibility in the future, I think there's there's going to be some type of feature like that in the app that is not just black-owned restaurants, um, but uh, as of now, it's uh, definitely a 50% at least, uh, but in the future, I think there, there definitely could be a possibility of um, also highlighting other aspects of the industry that is also black-owned, black leadership and things of that sort.
2: Well, there's certainly room to grow, and we are going to take a quick break and find out who is helping Heritage Radio Network grow. Did you know that we are a 501c3 nonprofit? Did you know that we subsist entirely on the generosity of our members, grants, and underwriters? Like this one. Stay with us.
0: This episode is presented by Henry's Wine & Spirit, a go-to shop for anyone interested in natural wines and boutique spirits. There's a large selection of everything from orange wines, pet gnats, and reds from around the world. Whether visiting the shop in person or online, looking for a gift for a loved one, or that everyday dependable bottle, you're sure to find lots of interesting wines at Henry's. There's free shipping on orders over $300 on the website henrys.nyc and case discounts when you visit the store located in Bushwick. Cheers.
2: Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network, where we talk about the intersection of food and technology. Do you have an app that you love or maybe one that you created? Are you a startup founder, an entrepreneur, or maybe just have a great idea? Get in touch with us. You can find us on social media at Tech Bytes, HRN, or send us an email, techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. We would love to hear from you. We are very interactive, and who knows? Maybe one day you'll be on the radio. Today we are talking with the founding team of Eat Okra. It is an app, which is a simple way to discover black-owned restaurants in your city. They are available for Google Android and Apple iOS. EatOkra.com is the website. Eat Okra the app is their social media handle for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. They currently have about twelve hundred restaurants, over twenty cities, and you know, I I, we talk a lot about apps and we talk a lot about restaurant recommendation apps, and I haven't seen one that's this specific in terms of the category and the type of ownership, and it's really fascinating uh to me, and I'm wondering if it's gonna be a trend going forward where who owns the business is going to become increasingly important. Do you make choices, sort of just on the day to day, generally in terms of your personal economics and where you're spending money, by looking at who owns the business?
3: Actually, I every day I frequent a um, a cafe owned by a mom and pop in the subway station, and you know most people geared towards the more name brand McDonald's or Starbucks. Um, But this one is, to me, the quality is great, it's just as great, and it it tastes great, and they're really nice, and I just, I, I feel like a bond with that, and so I definitely try to take, you know, be more conscious of who I'm buying from and where my money is going, and who I'm supporting with it.
2: Do you think that, and obviously you think that there are enough consumers in the world to download the app that agree that it's important to look at who owns the business that they're shopping from?
4: Um... I, I definitely do. Um, as Janique said before, I think there's definitely a movement um, that's raising consciousness of how we're spending our dollar. Um, and uh, I see more and more people joining that um, and, and asking about how they can um, uh, spend their money in a way that's beneficial to more than just themselves. Um, what effect is it having on the community? Um, and and I think not for for black or for eat okra. It's not just black people that are looking to support um, black-owned businesses. I think it's uh, also people that realize that they're coming to a community um, and changing um, how it works culturally, uh, what the demographics are, and um, instead of feeling like they're separate from it, they want to be a part of it. And I think a part of that is um, uh, looking for. Um, I guess ethnically specific own restaurants to whatever the makeup is of that community to know that they are actually supporting it and not taking away from that community as well.
2: So do you think then that if an app like Eat Okra needs to exist and does and is is growing and, and moving along that the restaurant recommendation and reservation sites should start to consider adding these types of categories into their databases when you search. If it's important enough to build a standalone unit for, the, to, for people to find that, do you think it would be a good thing then for OpenTable and Resi and, uh, you know, Yelp to start to add categories about ownership to the restaurant listings or as an option for people to call out or search or look for I think and maybe not just black, maybe woman owned, maybe, yeah. you know, immigrant owned, maybe.
4: I think we're a culture very much of convenience and, um, if, if, uh, a category like that, that exists more specific on, on ownership, um, or even, you know, if the products are locally sourced or different things of that sort um, is is in in the app where they can actually um uh, specify those things and find restaurants that are, are doing and supporting those things, i think I think that's something that people would want to know because it it plays into the convenience of just all right, I don't have to think about this too hard. I can check off this category, and then I know that I'm being responsible about where I'm spending my money so I, I think that's something that if if it did exist, people would definitely start to use that.
2: Well, I think, you know, with the high tide raises all ships is sort of the idea, if people become aware of that as a category, as a part of their selection process, that would be beneficial to an app like Eat Okra. You know, years ago, people didn't think to ask the question, is this organic or not? Is the chicken free range or not? Was this sustainably raised or not? Is this fair trade? Is this shade grown? I mean, these are all categories of food that weren't really being considered seriously, you know, 10 years ago. Um, do you Are you aware of any other apps that are like yours? Is there anybody who you consider a competitor or something with a similar focus? I wasn't able to really find anything, but you might.
3: Yeah, we have a, um, a few competitors. Um, there's a few doing not specific to food, but uh, are, that are more broad. Um, Spend With is one. Um, Black Wall Street is another Wall app. Street. Um, Ebony Eats is a website. Um, those are the, the three, I'd say, the most well-known that we know about.
2: Have you gone out to partner with them? No. Or talk to them about, you know, cross-moginating the uh, users or in-app advertising? and
1: We haven't yet. And, and I don't think that we're, like opposed to to having those conversations and, and and to meeting people and and you know building uh building those connections and and stuff um f- from our standpoint it's you know we're open you know um i feel like we can learn from other people people can learn from us and you know we're we're not insecure or you know threatened by by competition, We're all doing this because we want to do something that's beneficial for our community. And, um, you know, working together, I, I think that would be, you know, a good idea.
4: Yeah, and we've, we've had these conversations internally. I think we're still just trying to grow our own platform. Um, but, you know, we, we've started uh, speaking to uh, different uh, social media platforms that are in a similar space and how we can collaborate with them as well. So it's something that we're definitely not opposed to.
2: What is on deck for your game plan for the next year or two years five years what's your what's your growth plan
1: look like that's something else that we, we uh, have to to discuss, but definitely um, you know figuring out ways to um, figuring out ways to kind of get the app to sustain itself or to grow organically um, by getting people to share content on the app, um, to store information. I guess kind of getting the app to feel more personalized for people, um, to keep keep people coming back and returning. Um, Also, I think in the future, we want to, you know, kind of implement some type of events, um, sponsor events. Um, We talked about um, food programs for kids and things like that. So there are a lot of things that we have in mind. Um, And all of you have full-time... Yeah, jobs that that's are not the app just, yes. so that this is
2: definitely the side hustle so yes very much between the full-time job and the nike running app and all that you know the realities <laughs> marriage. Of, of marriage <laughs> new marriage <Your> life is, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what are the what are the realities of how much time you guys get to spend on this
3: um so i, I was throwing in some heavy hours for a long time. I was probably putting in at least 20 hours a week for the, for the first year and a half, um, addition to, you know, to my day job. Uh, it's been a little bit less than that since then. i still, still around 10 hours a week put towards it.
2: And what do you need to take this app to the next level? I always like to ask founders that question. What, what do you think the, the key element is that would really push you to the next level? Is it people? Is it resources? Is it being in an incubator? Is it connecting with another large entity? Is it, what do you think?
4: I think it's definitely people. Um, I think the, the app will take care of itself the more people we have because um, another aspect of the app is to also have the community to take part and help us... Um, learn more about all the black-owned restaurants that exist nationally. Um, And then also as well, if there's more people on the app, that gives more incentive for the restaurants to also participate as well. Um, So they're going to also benefit for that. So anything that could help us grow um, our user base is, is going to be helpful, and you know if that is potentially partnering with another platform or get endorsement by someone who um, has a lot of visibility, um, all those things could be really beneficial to to get the word out there to help this app grow. Do you
2: have a a dream, a dream uh, partner or endorsement or restaurant or something in mind? Is there some, something you think about that? Like, wow, if we could just, or wouldn't it be amazing if? Hmm,
1: That's interesting.
3: Maybe like top celebrities, yeah. You know, tweeting the app. You know, Um, we know that Jay Z and Puff Daddy are putting together a um, a similar app. I think they're trying to get into this space. You know, there's a few articles that's been out about that. It would be great to get on their radar. um, You know, or or just any other like dominant influencer in the space. That would be a dream.
2: And Jay Z owns restaurants. So that makes sense.
1: But there definitely. are many, like, I think we talked about earlier, you know, featuring black chefs on the restaurant, I mean, on the app, and I think having some connection to them also would be beneficial.
4: Yeah, definitely have an endorsement from the yeah, top like, black chef that has influence in the community. In the
2: and that owns their restaurant, though. Key piece, right? Yes who owns their restaurant or who knows. Or who owns a majority stake in their restaurant. (laughs) He's not employed by a restaurant group. That's not majority stake black owned restaurant group, right? I mean...
4: I think from endorsement from one of them, uh, I don't think that it necessarily matters if it's majority black owned, if it's going to help the platform grow. Like, I guess they wouldn't get as much out of it because whatever restaurant that they have wouldn't necessarily be be on it. But... Can't win it if you're not in it, right? You know, we'll take what we can get.
2: Well, it it often just boils down to, you know, like marketing and and all that kind of stuff. It it really, it's amazing sometimes, people. But, you know, I mean, Zagat started off with a much smaller fan base, and it was really just the husband and wife team writing their letter that they used to send out to friends. And then, you know, they wound up being... One of the top guides in the country and selling it to google so wow. i mean it took like 30 years or something but you know i'm sure it'll happen much faster in the digital digital time, time than paper time <laughs> um, yeah. but you might run that marathon before
3: yes. <laughs> i mean we're, we're patient so we're not trying to like knock this thing out the park first time go or even second time but we, we understand this is the iteration thing and we're going to just keep working at it and plugging at it for the next for, you know, as long as we can do it.
2: So, one of the interesting things about the um, women-owned restaurant website—it was called Restaurant Her—that Grubhub did as a promotion earlier this year—I happened to be at that time at an event for women in food and the restaurant industry um, and in food tech. And so it was a panel of of women who owned businesses in the city, and it was just sort of like one of, you know your classic kind of panel about being an entrepreneur and things like that and It was all women focused and all women in the room and At the q and a portion of the event, I asked a question because I ask questions is what I do <laughs> and I asked if. The women thought that it was beneficial to be on a site that was specifically women-owned restaurants or if they just wanted to be promoted on a site as great restaurants. Mm. And, you know, there's the San Pellegrino World's 50 Best Restaurant List, and every year they announce the 50 best restaurants in the world. Typically there aren't that many women on it. And they also announce the world's best female chef, and it goes to one woman each year. And for the past few years, the women who have been given that award have been very vocal about not wanting it and not wanting to be awarded as the best female chef. They want to be the best chef, period. So we had an interesting conversation with those things in mind at this Women in Food Tech panel. And people kind of fell on, you know, I would say people fell on both sides, both sides of the, of the story. On the one hand, there was very much a, an idea of anything that gets my business out there, anything that supports some point of view that my restaurant has is great because I need business. And then there were some who really, you know, took the, took the tack of chefs like Dominique Cran, who won the Best Woman Chef back in 2016. She owns a few restaurants in San Francisco. She was kind of mad about it. So I, I would ask you sort of the same question. I mean, you have self-selected black ownership as the thing you want to promote and come together around and support. Could you see people landing on both sides of the coin or having that discussion? Are you, have you had any discussions that I don't want to be in, a, in an app that is that specific, I want to be in a... You know, general app that's for my neighborhood or that's locally owned or something like that.
4: Um, well, I think the difference is is for a black-owned restaurant to exist in our app, they'll also be on every other platform as well. So for people who are not looking for that specific thing, um, they're still going to be listed and they can still be attended through any other app. You can still see it. But I think what makes our app unique and also is going to help them become more competitive is for people who are specifically looking for that, um, they'll easily have access to it and choose that restaurant over another restaurant. So I don't really see it as a a disadvantage because it being on our platform doesn't mean it's not going to be on someone else's platform.
2: That's a good point. I think the the point of the women chefs like Dominique and the woman who won this year, Claire Smith, who's a chef of a restaurant in London. They didn't like being called women chefs. They just wanted to be great chefs and the best chefs. They wanted to be the best chef, period. They didn't want to be the best woman chef. So when you say, you know, find black-owned restaurants, do you anticipate having anybody say, I I don't want to be in a group that's just black-owned restaurants. I want to be in all the local-owned restaurants or the New York restaurants? Have you had a restaurant ask you to take them off the app?
1: We haven't. We actually have not experienced that yet. Um, Not saying that we would never, but so far, you know, the response has been um, mainly positive. Um, With the exception of that one
2: person, I I say one woman, but I don't even know that it was a woman (laughs) who sent you the letter saying that that restaurant isn't black-owned. I don't know why I I think it's a woman, but...
3: (laughs) I believe it was. was. (laughs) I mean,
2: I, I feel that women pay a lot of attention to right. the details yes. and yes. would send a letter whereas a guy would just yell about it at the TV <laughs>
1: <laughs> or yell at the app
3: Right. yeah no it's, it's been all positive um,
1: I mean I think it depends on on you as an individual um, as an individual business owner and, and how you want to be seen and viewed and how you want your your restaurant to be seen and, and viewed Um if you see being a black-owned business business owner specifically as something that you don't necessarily want to put forward or put forth um, before anything else, you know, before the quality of your food, the quality of your service, or something like that, um, then yeah, maybe you you might have a problem with that. But um, so far, we haven't, you know, run into to anyone who who. Um, you know who told us outright like no i i don't want to be i don't want to be you know a, a part of this
3: yeah i expect as our number grows somebody has to be the well, first it, it to do it it almost
1: has to be
2: unfortunately i think at some juncture you know you've reached a mass scale when people start to complain yeah. just generally right. right i mean i don't think there's a social media platform out there that's wildly successful that people aren't complaining about somewhere even if it's a small percentage of complainers I feel like you have to have somebody be critical <laughs> I mean, we, somewhere in there we, to be successful right? which is a terrible thing to say it's actually a very sad commentary about the world that we live in right now and sort of you know people and community that to say well you know you're not really successful until you get like some bad publicity and you right, get some right. cranky you know
1: some cranky email from a cons- customer complaint.
3: Right.
1: Yeah, that. I think that kind of comes with the territory of putting yourself out there. But um, we might have gotten, like, maybe one comment on Twitter that was kind of like, you know, well, what about all restaurants or something like that? And, you know, um, our app isn't, you know, we would never want it to seem like our app is, you know, Prejudice or anything like that Or trying to, you know, specifically to Exclude, it's for the, co- the consumer Um It's for the consumer who wants to Make a uh, socially aware Decision, so that can Be anyone, you know And We don't say that Eat Okra Is a way for Just black people to find black-owned Restaurants, it's for everyone Um, who see Supporting, um, black-owned businesses As something that's important Um
2: do you think it would be important for more ownership-specific apps to and directories and listings to be developed over time? Do you think we need to be more specific?
4: Um, I think, I think it can be beneficial. I think this comes out of a need. I think a lot of specific, any platform or movement or anything that's happening that's for a, a very specific demographic. The reason that that happens is because. They need that in some type of way. Something is happening um, socially, systemically, systemically that is disadvantaging them over over other businesses and opportunities or individuals or uh, so forth. So I think there's definitely a need there because there's obviously a ton of marginalized groups in this country that deal with um, all types of different uh, problems. And for them to have a platform that can counteract a lot of the negative things that happen and could definitely be super beneficial for them.
2: And that sort of takes it outside of just being food-specific and where do you want to have dinner tonight, but does speak, I think, to how important restaurants and food are to community and to just the fabric of society, I think, just generally, which my guess is probably why you targeted restaurants in the first place anyway.
1: Oh, yeah. There is something that definitely communal about um feeding people and serving people and also, you know, um, being fed, you know, through food. So I think that was definitely played a major role in why we kind of settled on um, restaurants specifically and food.
2: Everybody eats, right?
4: (laughs)
1: Well,
2: and as you can hear, there's lots of people eating pizza on the other side (laughs) of the glass. That is the noise from Roberta's Pizza. You know, maybe you did or didn't know. Heritage Radio Network Studios are inside Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick, Brooklyn, which is kind of crazy, but also kind of cool. We are absolutely out of time, and I will encourage everybody to go to the Google Store or go to the App Store and download Eat Okra. Follow them on social media at Eat Okra, the app. Share it with your friends. Pass it along. Tell people if you're interested in looking for a restaurant app partner, sponsor, something. Hey, get in touch with them. You can find them online at eatokra.com. I want to thank Anthony, Janique, and Justin for coming out to Bushwick today to do the show. It was really a good one. Tech Bytes is engineered by Jeet Paul. We have a theme song called Nomad a CPU Track, which is made by DJ Uptown Nico. You can find him on SoundCloud and at really fun DJ venues around New York City, sometimes Bonnaroo. The show is broadcast on Thursday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. After that, you can find us on demand or by subscription on HeritageRadioNetwork.com. org itunes stitcher spotify and mostly all of your favorite podcasting platforms i hope you like the show i hope you come back and see us again i'm jennifer Layutzi, and this is tech bites
4: thanks for listening to heritage radio network food radio supported by you